We don't want you in the darkness. I'm calling you out of it into my light. Walk in the light of my truth. Walk in the light of my love. Walk in the light of my grace. And we have. And, and, and we're called, again, to, to continue to walk in that by faith. But one day, uh, his calling is that he calls us to his eternal glory. My friends, you can trust that. You can trust God's calling for you. Uh, he loves you dearly. You are his own. And he's called you to faith, and he's leading you to his eternal glory one day. Now, with verse 10, there's a, there's a third thing we can trust. Again, Paul says, Peter says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. In Christ. That's the third thing you can trust. Trust God's Christ. Christ means anointed one. Uh, he is your Savior. It is only in Christ that God can bring us into his glory by grace. It's only in Christ. Uh, Jesus, as God, left the full glory of God to come into this fallen world, this world of sin. He humbled himself. He, he became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. He received the, 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 the shame of our sin. He took out our sin. He, he entered that darkness because of our sin on the cross. Why? So that we could one day be rescued from that and, and brought into, again, the glory of God by grace that will lead us one day to heaven. So trust God's Christ. Continue. Believe in him. Uh, he is your Savior and Lord. Uh, he, he cares for you. And as you live new in the end, continue to trust in your Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, a common theme throughout Peter, those that have stuck with it with the 14 weeks, one common theme was suffering, right? suffering. These were Christians who were being scattered, being persecuted, and that's one form of suffering because of the Christian faith. He mentions other types of suffering, and likewise, I know as I look at you, in various ways, you have suffered health, or, or maybe it's, it's somebody that, that, that in your family that has died recently, or is also ill and sick, or maybe emotionally, or whatever it might be. Maybe it is a persecution, um, suffering is part of the Christian faith. We had it in our readings. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. And, and I want to talk about that for a moment. Why, does, why do we have to take up our cross and follow Jesus? Is God trying to um, pay back time? Okay, you have to carry this cross and, and you're going to suffer and it's a little bit of payback. Is that the reason? Um, is it that God's punishing us? Uh, you know, boy, I must have done something wrong because I'm, and I'm bearing this cross. And the answers to, to those are both no. Jesus said, if you are a follower of mine, follower of mine, take up your cross and follow me. The fact is, this side of heaven, this side of glory, there are crosses in this life of varying sorts. And as a believer who knows that, that, that I am loved by God, there are crosses in my life and I can look at those crosses and be upset with God, or I can say, Lord, um, help me to bear this cross. And what do crosses do in our personal lives? They get us to focus on Jesus and the cross that he carried, the suffering that he underwent, that brings me forgiveness and everlasting life. Now, the fourth thing that we can trust 
is God's care in the midst of our crosses. So four things to trust, God's care. Even during times of suffering, God cares for us and will in time make us strong, firm, and steadfast. Live new in the end, to the end, trusting God's care. Even during times of suffering, God cares for us, will in time make us strong, firm, and steadfast. Here's what Peter said. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Notice that Peter says, after you have suffered a little while. You might say, I've suffered most of my life. That may be true. But compared to eternity, compared to eternity that goes on and on and on, Your entire earthly lifetime is a little while. My friends, yes, there's hurt and suffering, but in the end, we have heaven forever free from that. And, And no, again, the promise here is that even in the midst of suffering, even in the midst of difficulty, after you've suffered a little while, he himself, God himself, think about that, God himself will restore you. That's a promise. And sometimes the fulfillment is this life. Many of you have gone through difficult times and you reached a point where you were restored, correct? You were weak and now you are strong once again. Um, and, And sometimes in this life, but ultimately in the life to come, after a little while, God himself restores you, makes you strong, firm, and steadfast. So as you live new in the end, continue, continue to trust God's care. Beyond the hurt, there is forever heaven. Now, the, the next thing we want to do, one, we have to acknowledge something. Verse 11 of our text. To him, that the him is God, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. What, do, what does Peter acknowledge here? To God be the power. To God be the power. Um, Sometimes it's to God be the glory and the power. Peter says to God be the power. So one thing to acknowledge, as Peter did, as we live new to the end, we will acknowledge the power of Christ in our lives. We will acknowledge the power of Christ in our lives. I find this significant because Peter, we all have signature sins, signature temptations, that are somewhat unique to us, where Satan knows, boy, if I do this, this person's going to follow it. One of Peter's signature temptations and sins was to rely on his own power, his own strength. Jesus, I got this. I won't let this happen to you. He's relying on his own power and strength. By the way, I have the same signature sin and temptation. There have been times in my life where I've relied on my own power and strength to get me through things, and that's absolutely wrong. That's a sin to confess. So here's Peter, bold Peter, and he says, not, not, not to my power be the glory, but to the power uh, uh, be to God for everything that, that he has done. So likewise, acknowledge that. There are many passages that talk about this. Paul got it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. 
Amen. God's power in us. Acknowledge that it comes from God. Whenever you overcome a difficulty, give God the, the glory, give God the credit, and, and acknowledge that it was his power. Colossians 1.29, Paul writes, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. He acknowledged that Christ gave him the strength to accomplish that. Or Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. My friends, you're going to have suffering in this life. And as you go through it, don't give yourself credit for it. Acknowledge the power of Christ in your life. That is a, a proper Christian testimony. So that's the one thing to acknowledge, the power of Christ in our lives. Verses 12 through 14, uh, Peter gives us two things to do. He writes, With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, send you her greetings, and so does my son Mark. Greet one another with a kiss of love. We're going to get to the two things to do, but I want to um, point out a few things here. Uh, he talks about Silas. Silas is an interesting man. Paul, his first missionary journey, he had Barnabas with him. But the second missionary journey, Paul went together with Silas. Silas suffered together with Paul, was thrown in jail for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it, to me, it's very special that Silas was active uh, in ministry. He later is, is administered together with Peter. And, and you see this team of God together. And, and Silas was gifted in writing. And more likely, it was Silas that Peter was dictating the letter to. So with the help of si Silas, and he gives Silas uh, credit for this. Likewise, um, he, he mentions Mark, my son Mark. This is the same John Mark, who was a young man during the first missionary journey. So Paul and Barnabas and, and young John Mark, first missionary journey. And John Mark bailed. He couldn't handle it. Second missionary journey, Paul says, hey, Barnabas, let's go on a second missionary journey. And Barnabas says, great, let's, let's take John Mark. And Paul said, no, he is not going. And a dispute arose between Barnabas and, and Paul that they parted company. It's the same John Mark. So what I'm pointing out here is that grace applied to John Mark, grace applied to Peter, uh, grace applied to Paul, and... Uh, grace applies to everyone here. Uh, it also says, she who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, send you her greetings. She who is in Babylon, that was a reference to the, the, the Christians living in Rome. Rome uh, took on the name Babylon because the, uh, the power of Rome. So, but you have Christians who, who are, are greeting each other. But two things to do, back up to verse 12, he says, I have written you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. As you live new to the end, we will stand fast in God's grace. Stand fast in God's grace. God's gift. Jesus did it all. Uh, it's, you know, to, to Jesus be the glory, and we stand likewise in the grace of God. Now, a second thing that the Peter says to do, verse 14, greet one another with a kiss of love. Now, the kissing part doesn't really apply to our culture. 
right? It would be a little awkward for us if I said, now, when you leave today, um, give each other a kiss of love. In, in Europe, that works, right? You see uh, athletes and they kiss each other lightly on the cheek. That's kind of the custom back then. But the application is this. We are to not only stand firm in the grace of God, we are to greet one another in love as Christ followers. Greet one another in love as Christ followers. Peter talked about before hospitality. Uh, make people, a, a church is a place for, for people to recover, recovery and, and, and greeting and hospitality that we're, we're friendly towards each other. That's a direction that, that Peter has given to us. And likewise, as we live in our, our lives, that we rely on the fellowship of believers. They are a gift of God. Finally, one thing for everyone to have, verse 14. So greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. So the one thing for everyone to have, we will continue to possess the true peace of God to the end. We will possess the peace of God to the end. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. Jesus uh, told his disciples, my peace I give you, and the world cannot give it. No matter what's going on inside of you, turmoil, trouble, what's going on around you in the workplace or around in the world, the peace of God is with you. You're at peace with God. Your sins are forgiven. Your, your future is secure. And we are to remain in that peace. So uh, one thing for everyone to have the peace of God. Now, what Peter does, he begins this last section with grace. He ends it with peace. Those are beautiful bookmarks. Our song before the sermon was, beginning of the service was Grace, Amazing Grace. The last song today is going to talk about uh, the peace of God. I mentioned before that tile project, right? There was that final tile, cut it, put it in place. My friends, Final verse, final verse, peace to all of you who are in Christ. Final phrase, in Christ. There's no better place to be than in Christ. The final word, and Christ always has the final word, Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message. Check us out online at living-faith.church or better yet in person. We worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the Midlothian Conference Center, number one community circle drive, Midlothian, Texas, 76065, right off the Highway 287 across the street from the Courtyard Marriott. We worship upstairs in one of the conference rooms. Now we are convinced that Jesus died for all, that we might live forever. That's the gospel. The gospel has changed our lives. It can change your life as well. Have a great day.